Hello, and welcome to the Activation Nation podcast, your weekly source of actionable advice from industry experts in self-development, life vantage products, and more to help you activate your wellness, your business, and your life. Today's episode focuses on personal growth and leadership development. But first, the legal stuff. You may hear our guests talk about the income they've earned or how their health has been affected with LifeVantage. Please note that the average annual earnings of a typical active LifeVantage consultant in 2022 was $885. For the most up-to-date information, please click the link in our show notes. Any product statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, here's your host to dive into today's story to help you activate your life. Hey, Activation Nation. Thank you for joining us for another incredible podcast. And this is my absolute favorite topic with one of my favorite people. I am here with Rachel Pekarik, and we are talking all about leadership. I know you're absolutely going to love this episode. Rachel really um, has so much experience in this industry, and I love how she shares her passion, her enthusiasm, and gives such great examples of how you can really apply leadership into your business right now. I know you're going to love it. Thanks for joining us. Rachel, thank you for joining us on Activation Nation. I know um, you are someone that is so passionate about this topic, and that is leadership. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is going to be really, really fun. We didn't, guys, we did not set this up. We're just going to be going off the fly, and we're going to be diving deep into one of the best topics surrounding the network marketing. So it is true. No no notes, no nothing, just raw Rachel Picaric. You're going to love it. All right, Rach, I'm going to ask you, you know, what does leadership even mean to you? And is it something that is always changing? Mm, No, I think leadership is actually something that's constant. I think it is what it is, despite regardless of time, regardless of culture, regardless of organization. I'll steal from my mentor, John Maxwell, who said that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And so when we think about what we do with life management and network marketing, leadership then is essential. Because it's absolutely all about influence, whether we're influencing somebody to get started on the Healthy Glow Stack, or we're influencing somebody to come to their first event, or influencing somebody to, you know, move forward with the launch guide and learn how to ITT. We are constantly using our leadership ability or developing that ability. And the more that you can, the higher that you can go. So it is really a it's it's the difference maker between somebody who just plays or performs or achieves or sells and somebody that builds a massive organization. I, I love already huge nugget. Leadership is influence. I, I absolutely love that. And I want to maybe go back because on, on this episode, on this podcast, we have a lot of really brand new people, maybe even to the space listening to this. So my question for you, if you go back to day one with you in Life Manager or this industry, and you know how you viewed leadership then versus now. I mean, what does that look like? Well, the story began. It feels like you know decades and decades ago. But I've been in the industry of direct sales at this recording like seventeen years, and so my entire adult career since I was twenty-one years old has been in network marketing. So when I think back to when I was just like a young little chitlin, a brand new little network marketer, and learning this industry, not in life vantage, my first company. Um, my brain only knew of really like corporate America or normal 
nine to five kind of job. Well, I worked retail, so it was like eight to eight and weekends. And, uh, and so I thought of leadership being positional. I thought it meant that if I'm the manager, which I worked my way up in retail, Kristen, I was a retail manager of a vitamin in the supplement store. And that's where my passion and nutrition really began. And I thought, well, if you're the manager, you're above the associate manager, you're above the full timers, you're above the part timers, you're above, you know, it's like, okay, you're a restaurant manager, you're above the busboys and the wait staff and the cooks and all that. And so I thought it was very positional. It wasn't until that I kind of even maybe a little bit got the rug pulled from underneath me. And I realized that it wasn't just the position that I could thwart on somebody, that that only lasted so long. So the position that you have, whether you're their upline, you know, diamond seller, uh, you're their executive consultant or managing consultant, that position will only get you so far with people. And so I, I think that I thought that just because you had some authority maybe in their life, that that would be enough to influence the people to get what you wanted them to do, get them to do what you wanted them to do. And that actually goes into what I figured out and found out what it really is. You asked what is leadership. I said it's influence. That's how John Maxwell defines it. I define it as getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. That's the best thing. That's the great thing about influence. That's like, that's not the nefarious or the black hat or the evil way or the dark side. That's like the good. It's like, it's getting people out of their own way. It's getting people, you know, out of their doubts, out of their own like hurdles or, you know, self defeating, you know, issues and like actually seeing that they can go and achieve better health or better wealth through our products or our opportunity. And, and it's allowing them and helping them not just doing it by force. Getting people to do what you want them to do, but because they want to do it because they're excited to take action and take a step. That's truly the influence and the leadership that we really want. But I used to think it was like, well, hey, I'm your upline. You should listen to me. (laughs) That doesn't go very far and it doesn't last very long. No, I literally, when you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, there's so many parallels to parenting here. Like, and I will say everybody, Rachel is a brand new mom and adorable little baby cash, but I mean, it's it's true, like getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it, not because Rachel said or my enroller said. I, I love I love how you framed that. Um, you, you said something that I, I thought was really interesting, and it, it was almost around helping them believe that they could do it. And, you know, like you, I've been in this industry about 17 years, just on, on the other side of it. And you know, this space is very unique in that there is a lot of focus on leadership, on personal development. And and for somebody brand new, like that concept might be so foreign to them. Like, you actually want to help me be better? Like, don't you want to compete with me? How have you had to kind of navigate some of that mindset? Well, it's one of the best blessings of the space. When you think about you get started in real estate, um, unless you're in like a specific company model, we all know the, the big company now, you know, there's not really, maybe your broker will help you, but there's the guy down the street, the other Remax agent, the other Sotheby's agent, the other, you know, they're not going to assist you in selling more. They are your competition. It's the same thing with every other business, the nail salon, the hair salon, the restaurant down the street, the insurance agent. It is an only when in your industry that maybe you pay massive money to get into masterminds that you can actually get some like really intense. But here it's free. 
you join and there's an incredible support system, upline, downline, crossline, and this entire corporate staff that is basically saying, hey, listen, we win when you win. And some of us win very financially, like it's a very direct relationship. And that's why as a sponsor, I take responsibility as a sponsor. Responsibility helps my people be successful. But just generally, the way that life manages and the way that this kind of incredible culture and our evolved compensation plan is, is that we want everyone to succeed. And that's why we constantly pour into people um, we, what is it? The rising tide raises all ships, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is a great, great phrase. And then I'll add to that as long as the ships don't have holes in them. So that's oh. a part of, um, making like sure that, that you on. good personal development. So, uh, we got to sure up our ships as well, but we want to make sure that everyone is, is winning. And it's a, it's a beautiful part, um, in network marketing that you're really not going to see. I can't think of a lot of other industries where you find so much support and love. Yeah, and where like you do better when you help somebody else do better. It's just an incredible, incredible concept. Um, you said something about as long as the ships don't have holes, which I, I, I loved that add-on. And you talked a little bit about shoring up yourself. Where does somebody start with that? I mean, none of us are perfect. We're all trying to be better every single day. But if I'm like, okay, I want to be a, letter, a better leader, where, where's step one? There's a couple of facets to this. The first thing is that I think I read it from a quote from like Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. Crush It, Wine TV, if you guys have followed him on YouTube. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that the most successful entrepreneurs have self-awareness. And the self-awareness is really knowing like, what are my faults? What are my triggers? What takes me out? What motivates me? What, what gets me going? What keeps me in the game? And the more that you know yourself, the better that you can actually like look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, this is where I need to improve. If you guys are taking notes right now, if you're not driving or on a treadmill, I hope you would write this down, that this industry is personal development wrapped around a product. It's personal development wrapped around a comp plan. And so who you are is what you're going to attract. Who you are is what you're going to build. Who you are is what you're going to sustain. And so when we look at whether you are one day and or one hour in this business or one year or 10 years in the life vantage, what you have in your life is a function of who you are, how you think, how you react to people, how you relate to them, the network that you've d- built, the, the people that you've poured into or haven't, um, the type of marketing or skills that you've acquired. And so the good news is whether you're starting in, you know, chapter one or chapter 30, you know, in a, like kind of a success book, that there's always the ability to move forward. There's another quote that the marketplace pays for value and your value is determined by your skill. We can actually take this to life advantage. Evolve pays for value and the value is determined by your skill. Evolve pays for volume and volume is determined by your skill. And so the more that you add value to yourself, the volume will come. And so it's just, it's a direct proposition. How do we add value? Well, generally, most of us have stinking thinking. When I got started 17 years in this industry, I was, or 17 years ago, I was 21. So obviously I had very little leadership knowledge, let alone, you know, mindset, any sort of skill set, marketing, team building, duplication, launching people, none, none of that. I was just fresh off like the turnip truck. I was a baby when I joined. And the problem was I also came in and although young, I was pretty damaged. And so I hated men and I hated women. Oh, well, that's 
That was a challenge. Recruit then. Little challenging in network marketing because why? Men and women had hurt me. So I had a lot of issues with men and women. And you wouldn't have told from the surface, but it was all the stuff in my head that I think that people can read when you're working with them. They're like, all the words were right. I read all the scripts. I memorized them. I bought the books, the script books. But I know that my prospects and my team were like, mm, something's not right here. She doesn't really believe that. She doesn't really, there's something incongruent. And so there's some sort of like, I call it ESPN, <laughs> ESP. There's some sort of like, mm, I just don't feel that there's a congruency between what she believes and what she says and what she does. And so I had to do a lot of inner work. If you guys want to write this down, do the dark and lonely work. And meaning that nobody else can do it for you. It really is a solo activity of improving yourself and in and, and, and improving your skill, mindset, skill set, and leadership. And so I started with basic things. I had to reframe. And this took years, thankfully, starting young. But it took years to reframe some of my thoughts around people, to forgive people, to, to, to begin to trust you know, men and women again, um, to be able to like fail and skin my knees and try to lead. You know, I, I was in my 20s leading people that were two or three times my age. And sometimes I felt that flat on my face. And a lot of people, they're so unwilling to actually fail. Kristen, they're unwilling to get bloodied and bruised. But the thing is, if you want to be a good leader, you have to grow up, you have to show up and you're going to fall down. You're going to fail. You're going to flop. It's not going to work. Not every campaign, not every meeting, not every call, not every rally that you try to do to get people going in the same direction, it's not always going to work. People want the leadership book. Yes, read them. I actually have a, a closet right behind me and I just downsized a ton of books. I was like carrying books from like five different houses, five different moves in five years. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting everything on digital books anyways, audio books. I'm like, why am I carrying these heavy books, boxes and boxes? But I kept my favorites and everyone wants to know, oh, what's, what's your favorite leadership book? I love the Bible. I obviously love getting a lot from Holy Scriptures, but I also read like John C. Maxwell and John Acuff. I mean, there's so many great books that are out there, but it really can't replace doing it. It can't replace you know, evaluated activity, not just activity, not just leading, but like evaluating, like thinking back, like how did that work? Did it work leading that person? How did it work? getting them started? How did it work inviting them to a meeting? How did this last week work trying to move my team or my prospects and influence them forward? So it's a lot in a really small question. How do you grow yourself? Well, you have to value yourself. If you value yourself, you're going to put value into yourself. You're going to pour into yourself. You're going to invest in yourself. You're going to show to events. You're going to buy the books. You're going to buy the tapes. You're going to hire the coaches. You're, you're going to do all the things. You value yourself. And then how do you grow as a leader? You value others. And so if you value others, you value yourself, you value others, naturally leadership will occur. If you don't value yourself or don't value others or both, you'll really suffer in a leadership journey. I, I love that. Evaluate yourself or value yourself, value others. And then it, it kind of goes, it kind of goes from there. Um, how much of this and like your leadership journey has been like, you know, learning the hard way, or you can look back and you're like, yep, should have, should have done this differently. Or like how much of it, you said you got to start somewhere. There's always progress. And I almost find sometimes with people, it's like, but I made a mistake. So I'm like, I, I can't go back. Like how much of this is just like learning from your mistakes and, and pushing forward? Well, 
Um, I'm I'm a woman of many scenes, as you guys have already probably written down or heard. I have little one-liners and little sentences because they just kind of help me reference. So you don't you don't grow when you win. You don't learn when you win. You learn when you fail. Like we never grow as humans when things are going awesome. Like you remember Christmas, that time in your life, that season where everything was on point. You had no health challenges. Hubby was great. Kids were on flow. Career was rocking. I like, yeah, that's really when you were growing. No, no, no. It's the times where you're back on your heels and you're like, where you're you know, up against the corner and the wall and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have got to figure this out. Or you're on your knees praying to God every night. Like I need help right? It's the times where you're outside of your comfort zone. It's the time that you are skinning your knees. It's the time that it is painful. So yes, my greatest leadership lessons tend to be the ones where I crashed and burned. I have many people, I've been in life managed now eight eight plus years. Congratulations. Love it. Just had our eight year anniversary in October of 2023. And I have several people that I work with now that I've worked with in the past, just a few. And so I had the blessing of of these people been in my sphere now for over a decade. And the best part is talking to them about old Rachel. Old Rachel. Oh, that's hilarious. Really young Rachel, right? Baby Rachel. Like, and they'll say, I have a a girl, Angie Clay, shout out to Angie Clay, MC2 out of um, Montana. Um, and Sapphire Seller, she will say, I liked you before, but I love you now. Hmm. That's that's like a really great, honest friend to have too. Like, And I, I, I think the friendship is making that quite generous. I, yeah. I, I, I think that there was likable qualities to me, but I was a brat. And in my leadership, and I'm, I am now free and open and comfortable to talk about that with my leaders. I run a leadership mastermind for the last several years in my team. And I tell them, say, listen, I was not always like this. So I was not always loving. I was uh, difficult to work with. And it was my way or the highway. I was unbendable, unbreakable. It was, you know, you're going to get on our ship or off with your head. And, uh, and I had to learn through kind of dead bodies, like really burning through people and um, hurting relationships and being emotionally unintelligent and reactionary as a 20-something. You're like, girl, if you were put into my spot and you were the number one female earner in a company by 27, you'd be a brat too. So we got to go through it. You got to go through it. It's like the kid that gets famous or wins a lottery. You just got to kind of mess up for a little bit. But thankfully, like God like brought me out of that pit and like kind of had his checkup from the neck up. And now by the grace, I can actually like lead well, not perfectly. I still have to humbly come and ask for forgiveness. Even in the last, like, I think of the last six to 12 months, there's been instances where I've said, hey, listen, I'm sorry. This didn't come out right. It didn't work out the way we thought. The campaign wasn't a good idea. I I, I totally missed on this call. Um, I, I, I should have responded in a better way. And it's the grace of forgiveness. We have a, a culture in our team. It's all about heart, right? And part of the culture in our team is really having a, a grace with people, understanding that we're working with people. Where, where there's people, there's poo. I'm their leader. One of the first things I tell somebody when they sign up with me, Kristen, is I can't wait to disappoint you. Because <laughs> most people, 
most people put me on this pedestal. They're like, oh, signing up with Rachel Picard. I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to disappoint you. And I will. I will let you down. But we'll get through it together. And we're together. We're humans. And, you know, ultimately, if you're going to have long-term relationships, you got to understand that, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, the first time that you make me mad or the first time you don't show up or you miss a call or I didn't answer right away or respond quickly or I was tired or whatever. It's like, hey, let's keep going. Well, it's it's actually something that I noticed about you early on. And we've worked together for almost three years now. And one of the things that I appreciate about you is, you know, you own it. Like if if you're wrong or you need to say sorry, like you are the first person to, yeah, I I I came in hot or I this or I that. And I, and I love that you just, you own it. You don't make excuses. It's and, so, and many field, so many field advisory board meetings. Yeah, there's been there's been a couple of callbacks to Kristen and being like, so I was a little I was a little uh, intense on that call. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, I'm 10 times and I'm guilty of it myself. So I was like, but I love that part of being a good leader is recognizing that you're never going to be a perfect leader. And I, I think you do a great job of, of owning that. So, well, and how many times could we extrapolate that to every level listening to this podcast? How many of you guys are stuck being anything because you want to be the perfect thing? Yeah. You, you 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 don't want to talk to somebody because you want to say it perfect. You don't want to get somebody started because you want to get them started perfect. You want to do the meeting or the presentation or run an event because you want to do it perfect. And because of that, you end up in this like analysis paralysis of doing absolutely nothing. And I think there's, again, all my many quotes. How many can we possibly drop into one episode? I wish I was counting. I wish I would have been like, like, this could have been like a drinking game of some sort. Yeah. Axio, Axio shots. That's you. Yeah, yeah. Naturally. But here, there's one of the isms of life that I call them isms. Do your best and let God do the rest. I, I do my best every single day. And sometimes my best isn't enough. Sometimes my best is still like, like right now, Kristen, like coming off, I'm less than four months postpartum. My best is nooks and crannies. My best with my team is what I can do. And what did Big Al say from network marketing and Big Al, Billy Al Schrader? All you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough. And that's what we got to do. But now, well, this is a leadership podcast going in a lot of directions. So this is what happens when you put KC and RP together. True. Yeah, a few squirrel moments, but it's been great. But, you know, you said something else that got me thinking. And, you know, how important is like creating a culture of like being a positive leader? I think positivity has its place and its strength and its importance. I think it's important to know environment, where you're at, the audience of where you're at. But I also understand that there are times where positivity like is almost like ridiculous. Like sometimes like sometimes we have to grieve together. For sure. Sometimes we have to process together. I think there's toxic positivity. People that are like good vibes only. You know, you kind of see that on Instagram. And I'm like, and I feel like a lot of, here's, I, I want to speak to leaders. There are a lot of leaders that espouse, they espouse good vibes only, positive only. 
don't go, don't be ever be negative. Don't be dramaful. And I get there, there, it's coming from a good place. But could I possibly open up the idea that maybe you're shutting your team down from coming to you? That maybe they don't want to come to you with their heartaches, their pains, their trials, their marital issues, their financial woes, because you are so Mr. Mr. Positive. To me, I find it, let's actually focus on vulnerability and forward thinking. Let's be problem solving, pro, you know, solution oriented, not necessarily being always positive. Because sometimes the situation is so bleak when you're dealing with people. This is a business yeah. and we call the best biohacking and bio, I call it a biotech company out of Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm like, this is the best company and the best products. And what we do is quite light, but we work with humans that go through quite deep things. For sure. And so what am I positive about? I'm positive about the trajectory of the company. I'm positive about the board. I'm positive about Steve and you. I'm positive about corporate. I'm positive about our ingredients. I'm positive about my favorite person, Jesse Allen. I'm positive about where we're going with branding and Julie. Like I'm positive about the things that matter. Do I get super down when a, somebody gets a shipping issue or an Amazon issue? No, I just think solution oriented. We just figure it out. Let's let's problem solve here. It sucks. Oh, something happened. Oh, lost a customer. What, what can we do? It's being forward focused. And so it's not dismissing somebody's issues. Or sure. maybe they're maybe you have some of your team and they're not showing up right now because they're going through hell right now. Like, sorry to cuss. Like they're going through something crazy. Yeah. I've had seasons even in Life Vantage. It was if you guys have seen Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yes. Not in a while, but yes. Okay, one of my favorite top five movies for sure. And there's this, there's an ep- part in the end where he escapes prison by chiseling for years through a stone wall. And then he has to go through the sewage pipes. And I think it's like he has to crawl through 500 yards of like fecal matter. Do you remember that, Kristen? Yes. And, um, and so I, it's a pretty intense, like you don't almost smell it through the screen, like you're gagging at the thought. And sometimes I know I've been there of my own Shawshank kind of season. And some of you guys, you're a team members going through it. So I think positivity is important. Um, I don't like to spew drama in chats. I, I Again, I think about the audience. I think about like, you know, if somebody's having an issue, are we going to blast it on a team call? No, that's not appropriate. Let's take it offline and discuss it and problem solve together. Um, and so I think that's more my my mindset when it comes with, with positivity. Um, and then helping people reframe their thoughts because I think people can be in a negative spiral. I know I found that in many seasons in life where I kind of get in the negative thought spiral. And so yeah. we just to reframe our brains to think about what we have, gratitude, um, and you know what is working. Because we live in an imperfect world with imperfect humans and lead imperfect teams and are imperfect leaders. And so I like, I, I enjoy positivity and I see the value, but I think that it's unrealistic to imagine that every circumstance is. I'll end with this too on the subject because this is actually a good leadership lesson. I had a leader, I would say a blooming star, a rising little star um, in my team down in the depths, maybe 80 levels down, who knows. And um, this girl had some issues. Nobody's fault. It was just kind of one of those like an order was wrong, a shipment happened, a paycheck happened. Like just like all this stuff was going on. She's international. It was just like 
the one person it kept happening to over and over and over. And it had never been in network marketing. So here she is. She's in a chat. And she's like, I still haven't gotten my product. Or I still haven't done what, like, whatever the issue was. Like if something was delayed or something. And so she's, and so the mid-level upline was like, oh, don't be negative in the chat. And she's like, oh, not be negative. I was just being like, honest. I'm yeah. like, I want my product. I want my swag. I want like whatever it was that she was missing or what had happened. And I still haven't gotten this or whatever. And there was just a couple little issues. And she got pinned and typecast as like the negative Nelly. And I got a chance to meet with her in person, fly overseas and meet with her and talk with her. Um, we had a nice Zoom and a conversation and it was just misunderstood. She mm-hmm. had never been in this industry. She didn't know conduct. She didn't know anything about like, hey, this is a group chat. We're not going to just be like, you know, throwing a bunch of issues there. Come straight to me. And then now she ends up being one of our top producers in that country, top sellers in that country, and has added so much value and training um, to that organization and her in her specific niche in the business. She's in the beauty niche. And so um, it was just a misunderstanding. So I think it's, I don't know, back in the day, young Rachel, ratty Rachel, I would have been like, oh, they're so negative. And now I see them where they are. Yeah. Part of leadership is meeting people where they are, where they are. And I see me in them. I remember when everything was an issue with me. I remember when I was dramatic about anything not going my way. I remember when I was so young in my journey that I was like, oh, it was such a big deal. Or I was so swayed. Or I remember the seasons where I just couldn't get out of my own funk. And I, it's empathy to that. Well, I, I love you said something about knowing the environment. And I think a leader creates that safe environment where someone can be open and honest. You know, I, I love how you I love how you said that, because I do think, you know, you kind of see both sides of this, where if you're not being vulnerable and honest about a situation, it's like positive at all costs. It's like, yes, be positive. But there's that balance of also being honest and creating that that kind of safe space um and then on the flip side making sure that you know if if you're a new person in this business and you have an excited team you also don't want to be negative down to them too so it's understanding that environment for sure yeah who are you talking to and what can they handle i mean there's a lot of times there's like this is not the right audience to be sharing that if you have a bunch of new teamies and you're dealing with a high level problem guys by the way every company does Every team does. I, I know the biggest masterminds in the industry, Casey. Like I literally sit, I don't know how I got in these meetings. Oh my God, how I got in these rooms. It's so cool. And I get to hear about all their crap. And so again, we deal with imperfect people, imperfect companies, imperfect technology. And so it's just like dealing like, let's, let's be, instead of just being like, oh, we need to be positive or we're oh, shh, shh, oh, we don't talk about that. It's like, no, no. What's the solution? Mm-hmm. And if there's not a solution, sometimes we just have to like say, yeah, that really sucks. But hey, maybe we can focus on something really great. Like I had to go through something really tough in the last couple of months. And I had a series of little challenges and a health challenge, just crazy. And I had to literally flip my thinking from what was negative going on in my life, which was there was a lot of negativity. I'd moved into a construction zone of a house. My water heater was out. I had a brand new baby. I just was like, it just was crazy, but you had to flip your thinking to something that you were grateful for. 
And so I think the best leaders, it's not about necessarily creating the most positive environment, but where do people feel safe? Yep. I love that. Well, you know, kind of going back on just like the environment and creating that, like you have, I know team culture is super important to you. You put a lot of time and effort into creating that. Um, what are some of your best tips on creating a strong team culture? Your culture goes back to what we said maybe like 22 minutes ago. I don't um, What you have is who you are. So whatever you, whoever you are is what you're going to create. You're, it's who you're going to attract. And so when I look at the humans in my team, in Team Heart, and I look at my top leaders and top producers and, you know, the OGs, Remember. that they are the most incredible humans. And so I would, oh, it's all to, like, oh, I did it. No, 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 no. I just happened to have attracted some really incredible people that also knew really incredible people. So that's really, really helped. I think if you're getting started, some tips I could give you was actually just to sit down and write maybe five to 10 traits, adjectives, thoughts, feelings, vibes around the type of team. How, what would you want it to feel like? And so when we came up with heart, we knew we wanted it to stand for something. So we wanted our team to be helpful, entrepreneurs, um, our entrepreneurship, um, appreciation, respect, and training. So we are always going to be helpful. We're going to be entrepreneurial-minded, which means we're not going to have a job mentality, an employee mentality, pointing fingers, passing the buck, like, hey, if you can do it, you're going to do it. You're going to be the entrepreneur. You're a business 100% responsible. You're going to be um, appreciative, right? So grateful. Respect is how we treat other people, regardless of race, religion, ethnicity, background, performance. We don't care. I say in our team, I don't care if you've been to jail. I don't care if you've been to Yale. You have a place in Team Hearts. And then training, we really, really believe that training, that personal growth and skills is the foundation of personal success. And so that was, it just so happened that I found those words with the name of our team. Maybe you guys can come up with a team name or plug into your upline executive or presidential consultant. And, um, and But you can create the microculture. There's a lot of like, let's say you're a brand new MC1 listening to this and you want to have your own team. I don't think it's time to break off into your own team yet, but you have a team and you have your own culture. I think of it more like this. You're in, I'll use a church as an example. You have a big mega church on Sunday, the pastor, right? As <laughs> the pro ten or the executive leader, right? So you have this massive presidential up on stage, but then you have the micro Bible studies, the small groups during the week. And that's you. That's your job. You're in the micro economy in the macro economy. So think about what kind of, what kind of culture do you want? And then you have to embody that. If you want people that show up to events, you better show up to events. You better be the first to register. You better be registered for Nashville right now. If you want your team to attend events, you have to be the first one registered. Get your plane ticket, get your hotel, make sure that travel and childcare is taken care of. Like this is, if that's the type of culture you want your team of never missing events. If you want your team to be a team of diamonds, you better be a diamond. So when we think about culture, I think it really is leading by example. We started off the conversation with the lowest level of leadership, which is positional. Mm -hmm. What's the highest level of leadership? Moral authority. So it's when your walk matches your talk. 
And I always say your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Wow. Can you say that again as people are writing that down? So your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. No. I love it. A pint of example is worth a gallon of words. You can say all like, you just got to lead by example. So if I want my team to be helpful, I better be helping. I better be serving. If I want my team to be entrepreneurial, I better have the mindset of that. I'm the CEO of my business. If I want my team to be appreciative and grateful and encouraging and extort uh, exhortation to other people, edifying, I better go out of my way of acts of appreciation. If I want to be respected in my team and I want a culture of respect, because we are very different, different beliefs. Oh man, the last three years, different. Whoa, were you wearing a mask? Were you not wearing a mask? Did you get a vaccine? Did you not get a vaccine? I mean, it was like, like what, what party did you vote? I mean, it was, it was chaos, but it was safe in team heart. It doesn't matter what you believe in because we respect. I don't care. You, you know, you might be a Buddhist on the call one day and then the next day we have a Christian or the next day we have a, somebody that doesn't have those types of beliefs. And it's like, we respect that. Cool. That's your beliefs. Thank you so much for sharing it. We're adults. And then training. If I want, want and believe that culture of training, I better be trained. I better yeah. be inspired and growing constantly. And so I take it very seriously as a leader even in, um, I give myself grace in this season because it's, you know, I've been doing this a long time. It's time time to make a family, right? So mom, Rachel, is a little different than prior, BC, before cash. But I will say that I still, I've enrolled two customers and a consultant in the last 10 days. And so, or last like two weeks. Wow. On maternity, like in maternity, in the throes of motherhood. Why? Because newborn throes too. I can't expect my team to do what I'm unwilling to do. And, you know, I'm just showing them what they can do with a couple hours because that's all I got. I love that. Well, what really stood out to me was just, you know, be intentional about it. What do you want to create? Like, what does the dream team look like? What does that dream culture look like? And then you start and right, you might be the only one on your team right now, but you're intentional about what you want and then you you do it. I love that. Well, you know, we're getting close to the end and there's like just so much incredible, incredible content here that you've shared. Thank you so much for your time. But I, I want to kind of go back to a question that I, I kind of asked in the beginning, but I think it's it's so important to, you know, to, to reemphasize. And that is, where do I start? I'm brand new on this call. I've listened to all of this think you've given tons of great advice, but for those people that are still overwhelmed, where do they start? I think it starts with you. So start by leading you. How can you lead others if you can't lead yourself? How can you add values to others if you don't value yourself? So when we start with you and saying like, where do I need to grow? How do I need to show up? What do my disciplines look like? I talk about the secret of success so often with my team. I, I say, I, I say, get your pen, get that notebook out. We have a team, we have a culture in our team where you have a notebook on end of your training, like it's a team heart notebook. And mm-hmm. uh, I say, get your pens, hold them up on the Zoom. And we have all our notebooks showing up. It's really just this cute little start to the call. And I'm like, you, okay, today we're going to be talking about my number one tip, my top secret when it comes to success. 
And I say, it's discipline and the entire call. You can just see them. They're on mute, but they're like, <laughs> it's just discipline. But like, where, how are your disciplines? Well, it, it, to be honest about that, like, I think that self-reflection doesn't do you any good to be like, well, I'm already doing all this. Like, be honest, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's being honest and then not like totally hating yourself for it. If you rate yourself from one to 10, one being you're terrible, you're failing, you're flubbing up and everything you need to get do, done for this business to move it forward. And 10 being you're absolutely crushing it, you should be on this podcast. But if you're really on the low end, don't beat yourself up. Just make a change. It's just a number. Give yourself a number, rate it. Don't attach emotion to the number and then just do better. Put better systems into place. But I would evaluate where you're at. But I would start with leading you. 95% of the people, 95% of consultants right now, you just got to get better at leading yourself. Even for me, I'm talking to me still on this line. So maybe we can go to 99.9% of consultants. Got to get better at leading themselves. Yeah. That we are congruent with our words, that we're patient in our reflections and our, our reactions with people that we are constantly growing and pushing people. I love I love growing because I feel like I always have my my team always has somebody to chase and something to learn from me. I'm not saying the same thing at every event on every call. That's something I'm very proud of. It's like, hey, you stick around me long enough, you'll see that I'm continue continuing to grow. But I would really start to lead yourself. Put a system in place. Get some books, get some tapes, get some accountability. Figure out where it is that you're kind of just not just not doing so good. And then and then figure out what is the best solution to get a little bit better. Do it bit by bit, chunk by chunk, piece by piece. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you get to presidential? It's just one bite of a at a time. It's one little bottle of pertinum at a time. Like that's how you're gonna get there. But you're not gonna do it alone. So start with yourself. And then if you have a team, start pouring in to others, not in a way that is uh, authoritarian, not in a way that is too laissez-faire either, but in a way that invites people to come and follow you. Like, come and get, come, come follow me. I say to my team, chase me, I'll produce me. And some do, you know, in this season, most do. That's like what you want, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like... I, I tell people prior to like pregnancy and, you know, this whole thing, I'll be like, I'll produce me. I would challenge them because I average about 10 enrollments a month when I'm in full production mode. And so some people do, but most people don't. But I'm standing there in front of the stage saying, I am here doing the do. Come and follow me. And that's the type of leadership that I kind of created. But you got to lead yourself first and then you can invite people onto the journey. I love that. Well, I'm going to leave you with the last word, Rachel. This has been absolutely incredible. But any final thoughts as we've been going through this that has stood out or that you want to go back to? Oh, man, I feel like and there better be a quote in there. There better be a quote in I there. Know. Oh, now that you said that, though, my mind goes absolutely completely blank. I know it's funny. I was with my best friend this last week and we were actually, she's pregnant. And so we were researching that the fact that your brain actually shrinks during pregnancy. And so mom brain is really real. It does return after about six months, but I'm still, I'm still in the, I get a, a pass at this moment because my brain is absolutely moosh. <laughs> 
Thank gosh for Axio and Tri-Synergizer. Anywho, the thing that I would leave you guys with today is that the fact that network marketing demands influence and that if you want to grow in this business, you need to grow influence, influence with others. Um, I, I wish, you know, maybe we can do another podcast. Maybe I'd be so blessed or lucky to come on in like another year or so. And we can talk about the influence when it comes to like marketing yourself, branding yourself, but you know, influence in your network. You got to create influence. How do you do that? By being a person of value and by pouring value to other people. I, uh, I, I've never lost a friend doing network marketing. You know how many people are afraid of this business because they're afraid of losing social esteem? They're afraid of... It's totally... Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Terrified. And I get it. It's so scary. I mean, I remember my first few calls. I made a list of 81 names and nobody signed up. My mom ended up signing up a month later. She was my token sign up. Is that 15 years ago? But my list of 81 names, none of my friends joined. I was 21 years old with no influence. Now when I make a list and I make some calls probably 30% join because it's me. Why? Because I added value to myself and I add value to others. And so the more that you add value, some people want to be around you. I said yeah. last night on our team call, um, we talked about promotions, talked about True Renew. We talked about all the upcoming events that are coming up, but we talked about promotions. And I said, why do you guys still show up? Meaning, why do I still lead you? why do you still follow me? And I'm like, I have a feeling it's because I add value to you. Because I'm a valuable person because I add value to you because I'm incessant about it. So if you guys really want to lead, if you're thinking of this next year and your run with LifeVantage, you're thinking about changing your life for the next one to three years, putting really consistent effort into the system, becoming a top seller, a top leader, hitting the ranks, winning the trips, earning the bonuses, Add value to yourself and add values to others. And if you maybe, maybe that's the simplicity of it, Christian is like, if that's all you do every single day, I can't imagine that you couldn't win in life. Or I was going to say, I think that's your mic drop moment. Add value to yourself, add value to others. Mm -hmm. Full stop. That sounds good to me. Love it. No, Rachel, this has been incredible. I know so many people are going to be going back, referring to their notes, counting how many amazing quotes you had because you had a ton of good just information nuggets that people are going to take away from this. And I, I want to say thank you for being willing to come on and do this. I know you have a lot going on um, in your life right now, but we are so appreciative of you and are just so excited for the incredible things that you're doing. So on behalf of everyone at Activation Nation, just thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Activation Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends and share your biggest takeaways from today's discussion with anyone who could benefit from them. This episode is sponsored by LifeVantage Legacy, a nonprofit dedicated to improving lives and building a lasting impact for those in need around the world. Learn more at LifeVantage.com. We look forward to sharing more with you during next week's conversation. Thanks for listening and being an important part of the LifeVantage community.